Hi guys, this is Cami, and welcome to the Inokea podcast. Now I know I said my next episode would be about ghosts, but I have an interesting opportunity that came up in regards to ghosts that I want to add to that episode. So this episode is not about ghosts. It's also my podcast, so I do what I want. This episode will be more of a vulnerable deep dive into my own story. And the trickiest part for me about owning and telling my story is that I am not the only character. Now, I'm a big Hamilton the Musical fan. And one of the things I loved most about the story is that we get Aaron Burr as the narrator. And he's telling Alexander's story. However, he's also telling his story and how conflicting those two stories within the same story are. I really appreciated being able to see both perspectives. Aaron Burr is the villain of that story. At least, it's meant to be that way. But we see a very human side of his story, and it makes you think twice about who really is the villain. So as I tell my story, I realize that my perspective is not the same as everyone else's perspective who may have been involved, and I recognize that. But that also doesn't determine my own experience. It's just really important for us to have empathy for everyone. There's so many moving parts to everyone's lives that we can never know or understand everything. So that being said, this episode's title was inspired by a song from another musical I love, Waitress, written by Sarah Bareilles, and this episode is called Everything Changes. So I was 19 years old when I got pregnant with my first child. Now, in Utah County, that actually is a normal age for people to start having children. However, I was an unwed mother in a very tumultuous, off and on again, long-term relationship that had been held over from high school. Lucky for me, I was in a very stable job. I had a great job, and I was living very independently. That didn't make it any less of a surprise. I was on birth control which I actually get asked that a lot. Why weren't you using birth control? (laughs) Well, there is a slight deviation in the effectiveness. So, and I was scared. I knew for the most part that I would be doing this alone. Just from the track record of the relationship that I was in, I was also really excited. I immediately felt connected to my child. Now that excitement was dampened a little bit because the first few things that I got from people were pamphlets for LDS Family Services. So at the time, LDS Family Services had an adoption agency that they worked with LDS women. And I know that people's intentions were good. However, Having someone that you don't know show up on your doorstep with a loaf of bread, a 
very deep look of pity in their eyes and a pamphlet for an adoption agency is not the way to handle somebody being pregnant. I can't emphasize that enough. I would have to say that's probably the most off-putting thing um, were their reactions of pity or sadness. And I get it. It's a very difficult journey to be a single mother. However, I have one friend who her first reaction was to give me a give me a huge hug and say, "You are going to be a great mother." There was no judgment, only love. And I can't tell you how much that meant to me at that time. While I was swimming through the sea of pity from everybody else. Now, I'm a pretty strong-willed person anyway. And I wanted to make an informed decision. So I did actually go to a meeting with someone at LDS Family Services just so I could get all of the information. Now, there wasn't anything specifically wrong with the meeting, but I knew immediately that it wasn't for me, that adoption was not a choice that I was going to make. I was really lucky in a lot of different ways, but I had a very easy pregnancy. I wasn't sick. I felt great. However, doing all of the things alone was very overwhelming and scary. And when I say all of the things, it's keeping up on doctor's appointments, making plans for a birth plan, trying to decide what I would be doing, um, where I would be living, where I would be staying. And I am very grateful to my mom for stepping in and just being there for me through all of that. I do have a funny story to tell about um, prepping for a birth plan. So many people say, well, natural births are the best and good for them. Good, I wish, I wish I could. And I actually did try to go down the path of a natural birth. So I did make, um, I did join a Bradley Method class. And if you don't know what the Bradley Method is, it's basically meditation and you know, guided thinking to help you get through labor pains. Well, let me tell you about that class. (laughs) So I'm walking into my first class. I've got my body pillow and all of the things that were on the list to prepare for class, and I did not know what I was getting into. Now, this was before I had any experience with therapy and meditation. (laughs) And I don't know if being six months pregnant and alone is the best introduction to this type of method. Anyway, so I walk into this class full of couples with my body pillow, find my spot on the floor and, you know, get comfortable. And the teacher comes out with a bowl of water, you know, that she's using to make sounds with. And says, okay, everybody lay down. 
Um, Close your eyes and relax, and I'm going to walk you through this meditation. And she starts to say, Imagine that you are your fetus floating in your womb, that you are warm and comfortable. So I hear this, and I just start hysterically laughing. I really was already on the edge of like my emotional stability. So I just am full out laughing and cannot stop. And everybody around me is looking at me like, what is your problem? So I gather up all of my things and I walk out of that class. And that was the end of the Bradley method for me. So I know some of you probably wonder why I'm not talking about the father. And we actually didn't have that much contact during my pregnancy. And I'm choosing to leave him out of my story, mostly because I can't speak to his experience. So that is why. When I did go into labor, I had talked with some friends that did make him aware that I was in labor. And... um. He did show up at the hospital, which I was so wrapped up in having a baby, I didn't think much about. And for me, everything changed the second that I held my baby in my arms. I knew that I was a different person. She was just so beautiful and... um. I had new purpose in my life and nothing else mattered but making sure that she had everything that she needed and was safe. I knew that I would have to be going back to work in six weeks and the thought of sending my six-week-old baby to daycare was probably one of the most scary gut-wrenching feelings that I've had. Um, This tiny new baby that I was in charge of, I would have to be away from eight or nine hours a day, and that was really hard. Um, One of the other things that I didn't really think about was the fact that both of her parents were present for her birth. We were both on the birth certificate, and we weren't married, so we did not have any actual custody agreement in place. I knew pretty soon after she was born that marriage was also not going to be an option for me, which was a difficult thing to navigate. And I was also very scared um, of the repercussions of not having a legal document in place for custody. The reason I was so worried about that is because This was before true crime podcasts, but I've watched a lot of Dateline. And I was worried that one day she might go for visitation and I might not ever see her again. Because you just don't know um, in a situation like that. So I did meet with a lawyer and I can tell you who not to go to. If you need a family lawyer, I won't name drop them. However, being a now 20-year-old, very young, very naive, 
um, woman, I wish I would have stood and walked out of the consultation appointment that I had. Um, Because the first thing he said to me was, gosh, are you sure you want to go through all of this? Because it doesn't really make sense. Why can't you guys just talk about it? And I make an appointment to go see a lawyer and tell him my concerns, which are, in my very limited knowledge of law, legit and valid reasons to be concerned. And he tells me that we should talk about it. Uh, I cringe inside now thinking about that experience. And the second thing that he said to me was after I had filed an official petition, the father's lawyers answered back. He said, oh, this attorney's really good. (laughs) And I was thinking, okay, and you're not. Obviously, you don't think that you're as good of an attorney as this guy. So um, it was really a mess. And the hardest part about doing that is my intention was that we should both be responsible for this child that we created together. And we should also feel safe in the guidelines that have been given to us. And, you know, I know it was not taken that way. And I probably did not communicate that in the best way that I could because I was overwhelmed. I was young and I didn't know the best way to have those crucial conversations with some someone about something so important. And, um, you know, I do regret the way that that was handled on my part. Um, however, I don't regret making that decision because that was something that I needed for me to feel safe and for my child to feel like they were safe as well. And that was a huge learning experience for me. Now, a lot was happening in my life at this time. I was working full-time. I was going to school full-time. I was being a mom. I was dating. And um, that is a whole podcast all on its own. And maybe I should have my husband join me sometime and, and talk about his experience of what it's like dating a single mom. But I was really thinking about the theme of everything changes when... Last weekend, I watched my daughter graduate from high school. And I'm sorry that I keep crying through this whole episode, but, um, you know, it was it's scary to think like, oh, she will be leaving the house soon and my life will be so different. And I felt that same way when I found out I was pregnant. And just reflecting on how difficult of an experience that was, but how much it enriched my life in ways that I could never explain fully to anyone just made me think that everything does change. And this new difficult season in my life is also sure to enrich my life in ways that I won't be able to fully comprehend. Life is hard and beautiful. And learning to embrace every piece of it and share that with others is the best way for me to be able to love everyone more generously. So thank you for listening to this short portion of my life. And I hope that you are able to 
love others more generously as well after listening. And remember, I know Kea because I do.